Amen, amen. I'm so thankful for our amazing musicians each and every week. Thank you guys so much uh, for leading us in worship this morning. Um, I invite you to remain standing in body or spirit as you are able as we read together from God's word this morning. Um, as we finish up our sermon series, Putting Out the Welcome Mat, we are reading a story from the book of Genesis about uh, our ancient people, our ancient heritage of welcome. Um, and so I invite you to receive, let us receive these words from Genesis chapter 18. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre as he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing near him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. He said, my Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. Let me bring you a little bread that you may refresh yourself and after you may pass on since you have come to your servant. So they said, do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah and said, make ready quickly three measures of choice flour, knead it and make cakes. Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf tender and good and gave it to the servant who hastened to prepare it. Then he took curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree while they ate. They said to him, where is your wife, Sarah? And he said, there in the tent. Then one said, I will surely return to you in due season, and your wife Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. It had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, after I have grown old and my husband is old, shall I be fruitful? The Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? And say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the set time, I will return to you and in due season. And Sarah shall have a, a son. But Sarah denied, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, yes, you did laugh. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. It is such a joy to be with you in worship today. My name is Kathleen McMurray. I'm one of the pastors here. And um, most weeks, I have the honor and the privilege of being a part of this worshiping community here in Wesley Hall. Um, both of you, both those of you who are worshiping in person and those worshiping online, it is always an honor and a privilege uh, to be able to worship together, to dive into the word together um, as the people of God. And I'm, I'm so incredibly thankful. Uh, for your presence this morning. As we seek God's word for us, let us turn to God in prayer. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Stranger danger. It is a phrase that we were almost all taught as children. It is a phrase that we teach our children, and with good reason, right? There's a lot that is scary out in the world, and we want to be protected from it. Um, we want to make sure that our children are safe 
hence the word stranger, danger. Um, it is also biologically imposed in us that we view strangers as danger. Um, in his book, Love of the World, Will Willimon, a great theologian and scholar, talks about how we as human beings, due to our evolution, due to our need to protect our species, are biologically formulated to view those who are different from us, to view strangers as a potential threat. And again, this goes back to our biology, to the preservation of the species, to many, many, many years ago when we humans had to protect ourselves from animals and from threats, from those who would seek to do us harm. Biologically then, that is how we are wired, is that we view strangers as dangerous. And yet, Scripture calls us to think a little bit more deeply about the strangers that we encounter. God calls us to think a little bit more critically about the strangers that we encounter. In fact, what we are told in Scripture over and over and over again is to welcome the strangers. To welcome strangers in our midst because we, too, have been strangers. Here in the very beginning of Genesis, we have an example of our forefather in faith, Abraham, welcoming three strangers. Three strangers that come to him that are passing by his home in the desert at Mamre. And it says that God comes to him. But it is God who comes to him in the form of these three men, these three strangers in his midst. And rather than questioning them and their motives and whether or not they seek to do him harm in that moment, Abraham bows before them and immediately gets going with a hospitality plan. He, like it was like he would have been accustomed to when he was hosting friends or guests in his home, offers to bring water and have them wash their feet as, would have gotten, as they would have gotten dirty along their travels in the desert. He, as the patriarch, goes and speaks to his wife Sarah and says, get together flour, make bread, prepare a meal. He tells his servants to kill the best calf, a wonderful, healthy calf, and kill that and lay out and prepare this little meal for his guests. Now, if any of you have ever been to a family gathering or a church potluck, um, sometimes the little meals that we put out for our friends aren't so little, right? Um, I've been to family gatherings where they say, we're just putting together, putting out a little something to eat. And you go in there and there is this massive buffet that you are invited to choose from. Well, that is akin to what Abraham is doing. He puts out this little meal, just a little bit of bread and a little bit of meat, whereas it's a whole calf that he has offered to these folks. And the amount of bread there in the Hebrew is akin to 22 liters of flour. That makes a lot of bread. Abraham isn't just welcoming these strangers. He is abundantly welcoming 
these strangers. He is laying out this abundant offering of grace that echoes the abundant welcome, the abundant grace that God offers to us. This comes in direct contrast to the scripture that immediately follows this one in the scriptures. As we find these very same strangers not welcomed in the town of Sodom. You've probably heard of Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, that scripture is about a lack of hospitality on the part of the people there. A lack of hospitality for these three strangers that come through, these same three strangers that Abraham welcomes. And just as there is punishment in Sodom for the lack of hospitality that happens for those strangers, here there is a reward that comes to Abraham and Sarah. As they are offered the news by these three visitors that Sarah will bear a child. Even though this is far from physically possible, they say this miraculous thing, this surprising thing will happen. God will ensure that you are able to be fruitful, that you are able to be a blessing for generations to come, just as you have been a blessing here. Because even though biologically, and even though we are taught to assume stranger danger, we never know who those strangers might be in our midst. Here, Abraham is entertaining angels. We never know who the strangers might be in our midst. And regardless of whether or not they are angels, they are always children of God. Perhaps this is why Jesus gives the instructions that he does to his disciples telling them this analogy of the end of time in judgment, when people will be divided by, and labeled as either sheeps or goats. Some people will come to Jesus and he will say to them, you are honored, you are favored, you find reward because when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. And when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. And when I was a stranger, you welcomed me. And the people say, when did we see you hungry? When did we see you thirsty? When were you a stranger? And he says, when you have done this to the least of these, you have done it to me. And similarly, there were those that did not feed him when he was hungry, give him something to drink when he was thirsty, welcome him when he was a stranger. And they say, when did we miss you, God? When did we miss you, Lord? And he says, whenever you have not done this to the least of these, you have not done this to me. God's presence exists in the stranger. God's presence exists 
in all who are children of God, which is everyone. Reverend Curry said in his sermon last week that there is no one that we can encounter in this world who is not a child of God. And we welcome the stranger not simply because God tells us to, not simply because we have something that they need or want, but we also welcome the stranger because they, like those angels, like all who are children of God, also have something to share with us. We also have something to learn. We also can experience grace and welcome from those whom we welcome. We must be open, though, to what those who are different from us have to share. Stranger or angel, we just might be surprised. Our welcome, if it is truly echoing God, must welcome people where they are in a relationship with them. We must welcome their stories, welcome their history, welcome the yearnings and the gifts of their hearts and minds and souls so that we can receive whatever God-given grace they have to share. We just might be surprised when we do. There's an ancient Greek myth about a man named Procrustus. I love that name, Procrustus. Procrustus was known, again, this is a myth, um, was told, these myths were told about Procrustus who always had his home open for travelers that needed a place to stay. Procrustus always had a bed reserved for any who happened to be traveling by that needed a place to crash for the night. Now, on the surface, this sounds very hospitable and wonderful that Procrustus would welcome whatever stranger happened to be in front of him. However, the bed that the people were supposed to sit in, or the sleep in that Procrustus had, he would make sure that the people fit exactly in the bed which meant that if they were taller than the bed, Procrustus would chop off their feet to make them fit. And if they were shorter than the bed, Procrustus would try and stretch out the bones of their bodies to make them fit in the bed. That's not welcoming. <laughs> Don't know if you knew that. When we welcome people, welcome strangers, who are different from us. The point is not to make them fit some mold, to not make them be exactly like me. But when we welcome strangers, children of God that God sends to us, that God en enables us to meet and empowers us to welcome, we do so with an openness of mind and spirit to receive them as they are, to receive the gifts that they have to bring, and to be open 
for how God may influence us, transform us through the guests, the strangers that we welcome into our midst. Broadway United Methodist Church in Indianapolis, Indiana is a downtown congregation that, like many congregations of historic proportions, was well known for a lot of work that they did in engaging their community. They had um, a food pantry. They had a free meal that they did every week. They um, distributed blankets and coats during the cold season, which lasted a very long time in Indianapolis. But they were also a church that had very defined lines between the members of the church and the community that they served, the community that they welcomed in. It was the church folks and the other folks. And the other folks were welcomed to the meals, they were welcomed to the food pantry, they were welcomed to get those items that they needed. But that was just about the extent of that welcome and that relationship. And after a Pentecost Sunday sermon in which the preacher talked about God's spirit being poured out on all people, one of the congregants came up to the preacher and said, Pastor, if all people have gifts to offer, then every week when I volunteer at our free meal, why aren't we asking our neighbors, our strangers, those whom we serve, if they have gifts to offer. And so the church began a new process of welcoming the strangers and the neighbors around them. Instead of just asking questions as people came for the food pantry, as far as what they lacked, what they needed from the church, they also began asking, if you could teach someone something, a skill, if you could offer someone something, a gift that you have that you want to teach or to share, what would that be? And they found that these strangers had a lot to offer. There was a woman who was a fantastic cook. And she says, well, my family really likes my cooking. And the church says, well, we're, we're having this council meeting next week. Why don't you come and cook for us? We'll buy all of the ingredients. And she came and cooked for them a Mexican feast with homemade tamales, with some of the best carne asada that people had ever eaten. And the council members that were there said, well, I'm hosting this luncheon at my business. We'd love to have you come and cook there. We've got to, you know, share this gift that you have. And out of that, over and over, more people became aware of this gift that this woman had to offer. She was eventually able to begin her own catering company. Similarly, there was a man that came and they said, 
as they ask this question about what gift do you have to offer? What skill do you have to teach? And he says, well, I'm a good mechanic. And as they talked to him, they realized that not only did he know how to fix cars, but he also knew some stuff about refrigerators and air conditioning units. And the church says, oh my goodness, would you like to be a part of our maintenance crew here at the church? Would you like to share that gift? And, and he also began to then teach others how to take care of cars. Others in the neighborhood. Another woman was known around the neighborhood as being a wonderful caretaker for children. And the church helped her to begin her own daycare center. We never know who the strangers are in our midst unless we welcome, unless we ask, unless we get to know them, unless we seek God's presence inside of the strangers. We never know what God might be trying to teach us, how God might be trying to share grace with us through strangers in our midst. So it is my hope and it is my prayer today that as we seek to be a welcoming congregation, to put out the welcome mat, as we seek to have welcome mats open in our groups, in our classes, in our homes, in our communities, as we seek to be people that emulate the welcome of a welcoming God whose arms are open, whose heart is open, whose grace is open to all. As we seek to emulate that God, it is my hope and my prayer that our hearts can be open, open to the stranger, open to those whom we do not know, but whom God has claimed as children. Open to receive God from others. So that in unexpected places, in unexpected ways, in the most surprising of ways, God can offer us grace. That we can experience share, and all of us can be transformed by the surprising grace of God that welcomes us all and that transforms us all in the power of love and acceptance. Let us pray. God, we give you thanks that you are a God who welcomes us no matter how much we may be strangers to you. We give you thanks that you welcome us no matter how much we may be struggling. We give you thanks that you welcome us and transform us and empower us to welcome others that your grace can be experienced, can be shared, can work in us and through us to transform lives and communities and 
this world in the power of your grace. God, I pray that all of us here, that you will open our hearts, open our minds, open our souls to receive those in front of us as you would receive them, but more importantly, to receive those in front of us as they are yours. And that we will be open to receiving whatever surprises and whatever grace you have in store for us. Amen.